0: About to win so big.
1: Tell my hydraulic money. Yeah. Money coming in. Tell me what's the program? 25 days of Yeah, get with the program. So they walk their way get the program. Ladies and gentlemen, man, (laughs) what a weekend for football, man. I really, I, I, you know, I normally do my whole thing, but, uh, yeah, bro. I just, Broncos just got hosed. They had a crazy letdown. We're not here to talk about them, but it just, the Saturday, Sunday combo is driving me crazy. Um, for the past couple of years, but we're here to talk Hokies football. I'm Dan, you know me. We played Marshall this week, where I went to school for a little bit, and also my guest tonight, Noah Die. he's back from week one. Y'all remember him from the ODU preview. He also attended Marshall, so, you know, we're both going to the game in Huntington, and we are here talk about this thing as painlessly as possible Noah how are you doing tonight doing well because I'm a commanders fan and that was a good win we're 2-0 and
0: for the first time since uh 2011 I believe so I'll take that
1: yeah in the words of you I'm thrilled <laughs> I'm excited I'm excited <laughs> oh man yeah man it's uh it was an interesting Saturday, man. I think uh, over nothing at all went the way I expected it to over the whole broad landscape of college football. Texas struggled. Alabama struggled. Colorado State gave Colorado everything they could handle. Um, LSU, I believe, beat the hell out of Mississippi State. Uh, Florida beat the hell out of Tennessee. It was just... It was just crazy and then the Hokies, man. Um yeah, I don't know. It uh some good things. The more I think about the game, the more I'm able to, you know, remember the good the good parts. Uh the bad parts still obviously stick out a lot. Um, were you able to watch the game since it was on the Big Ten Network? Uh, yeah, I started watching in the uh, second quarter.
0: I was at a soccer game actually during the first quarter, um, but I, you know, down twenty-one-three at halftime, it's not promising. But you know, we saw it last year; they never give up. I knew they were going to give it a shot in the second half and give us give us hope. Unfortunately, that long run—I think it was like a sixty-yard run or something—broke our back. Unfortunately, but. We talked about this the first week that I was on, um, how of the six of eight losses last year, we were either winning or down by one possession in the fourth quarter. And the two losses this year, down by one possession in the fourth quarter, uh, just, you know, once they, once they learn how to finish games, those losses will turn into wins. But hopefully that gets figured out soon, you know.
1: Yeah, that's kind of my thing. This team is 100% fight, but the finishing part has to happen. And I understand where pride comes to me. He's always harping that in his post-practice pressers. is about finishing, got to learn to finish, got to learn to finish. And he almost always looks a little, you know, exasperated afterwards because it's almost like he – it's like what keeps him up at night almost, you know. Um, he knows like how far we still have to go, even. And I think he realizes, like, you know, this fan base is not patient one bit. Uh, I thought, you know, there would be a little more patience, especially after Grant didn't play. Um, he had a new quarterback, a new leash. I thought, uh, maybe coming out the way we come out in games and getting behind so early a lot of our energy is spent up on coming back and maybe there's just not enough left in the tank to get ahead Uh, i'm honestly not sure exactly that one yeah that that big ass run from the, the quarterback on the draw for the tutty that running back man he you couldn't ask for a better block on the linebacker on that. That was nuts. And it just opened up and he just took off. Um, it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to take a loss when the quarterback only throws for like forty yards. But um run defense still not enough. In the beginning it was pretty good, but uh towards the second half when the time of possession really tilted the other way, it was clear that our interior D line was just spent. And we got gashed. Yeah, I mean, time of possession is huge when it
0: gets to be the fourth quarter. You know, you can't be – that's kind of when it starts showing up in the trenches if you've been on the field a lot. And I think that's kind of what we saw yesterday. You you go down 21-3 to in the first half, and you're not necessarily holding the ball a lot. It's difficult. It's difficult on the defense. But the run defense is still a work in progress, and – They figure that out. The pass defense is obviously solid. They figure out the run defense. They're going to be tough to score on.
1: Yeah. um, I feel like the frustrating part is, you know, you can see how close we are, but yet you can also see how far we are. Right. But, um, yeah, it just – there were a lot of good things, but there were – it gets outweighed, I guess. You know, nobody wants to see, nobody wants to hear about it when you're, you know, you're one and two. But I mean, they exist. We're only a handful. I mean, I I got killed for tweeting this today, but we're we were all, we're really only a handful of plays here and there from not having a loss, like the turnover on the exchange and the the short field. The interception from Grant last week that led to a touchdown, and then they didn't score again until, like, 30 minutes later, you know, the Purdue game. But, right. you know, all week we were like, who's going to play quarterback? I mean, we kind of figured it was going to be Jones, but they actually had Grant out there at practice, throwing the ball around. But uh, I think it was made clear over the four quarters that we watched on Saturday and the two minutes of the end of the Purdue game that we saw that Kyron drones should be quarterback one of the team. I feel like the stuff that he did really well, Grant wasn't necessarily doing as well. And the things that um, Kyron didn't do well, Grant wasn't doing well either. So I just feel like that it's time to, you made the switch due to injury, but it's time to, you know, keep that switch in place. right?
0: Yeah, I mean, drones offered a spark in the running game that we desperately needed. Um, I mean, that was the best we've run the ball. We ran the ball well against Liberty last year, but that's, you know, one of the better running games that we have had since Fry took over. And a lot of that is due to drones. You know, he he has ability with his legs that we desperately need right now. And I think going forward, that's – we need to ride that because you can't – you know, you can't – especially with Lane and uh, Jennings out right now, you can't rely on the pass all the time. So it's – we have to lean into drones and let him create with his legs, and that opens up the pass a little bit and go forward with that. I mean, that was the best offensive performance, in my opinion, this season – OD, ODU was fine. We didn't run the ball very well at all against ODU, but you know that was, that, was a, that was a good offensive performance and something
1: to build. Not a good offensive performance, but it's something to build on. I think the ODU performance looks better now than it did after week one, judging by how ODU went out and handled business against Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns, last week. And then they right. they gave Mitch Griffiths and Dave Clawson everything the Demon Deacons could handle yesterday. Like, they, they had that game securely in hand for a minute, and they ended up yeah. falling short. Yeah, Will
0: Stewart tweeted, uh, do not play games at ODU, something along those lines. And I agree. For some reason, that is a tough place to play. If you're a power fight or really just an ACC opponent in general, that is a tough place to play for some reason, so – it's, you know, ODU, I think, is actually better than what we thought they were. And that's also something that, you know, looking at the glass half full, you know, we beat them by 19 points and they appear to be like an all right sunbelt team. You know, you're supposed to beat a group of five teams. Um, and we did and we covered the spread. But ODU appears to be a little better than we thought going in. And, yeah, I mean, that's. Something that I feel like we can look back on and be like, that was, you know, maybe a solid win.
1: Yeah, I mean, people were arguing yesterday in their infinite anger that drones should have been the starter since week one. But, I mean, we beat ODU by 19, so I really think that's a moot point because, I mean, what would what would drones have done? Like score more points and then it's still a W at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? It just looks sexier. But yeah, I mean, uh, I would say that Jones should have been. I feel like Jones should have been the starter from halftime of week two.
0: And then, yeah, I mean, the the second that, that, yeah, I mean, the second that Grant was shaken up, I feel like you kind of have to put, you know, if you have a capable backup and your starter's injured, I feel like you kind of run with that. But, you know, they, they obviously, see things that we don't as, you know, we're fans, they're coaches. They see things that we don't. But I think going forward,
1: you have to roll with drones. Yeah, for sure. I thought Pry was um critical somewhat of drones and the post-game presser about his uh, inaccuracies. But I know that Pry knows his players, so maybe that was just a uh, – maybe drones responds better to stuff like that. Then maybe Grant does. I'm not sure, but I did think uh, the offense, obviously, anyone that watched was able to watch, moved so much better. Um, the Big Ten Network cameras and commentary did not make it an easy watch. <laughs> it, uh, was very it was bad. A, It was a disaster so
0: for me on the Chromecast. It was a disaster. I it just so anytime we went to a commercial break, I would have to restart the stream.
1: Oh my God, it, it was just bad because they were that the cameras were missing plays, and they were talking about, "Oh man, t- we haven't seen Tisdale all day." Well, the dude didn't even dress, brothers. You should know this; like it's your job to know the stuff, um, right? You know, I I do love uh, Beninati. He's the Capitals main
0: guy, and I'm a big Caps guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was that was poor
1: production, in my opinion. Yeah, I enjoy Adam Brenneman's podcast, and I think he was doing all he could on that on that broadcast yesterday, but it just wasn't – I mean, I, I was, like, longing for ACC network coverage, and I never thought I would say that.
0: I mean, I'll, I'll take it over, like, you know, the – we played Miami and I believe someone else last year on some backdoor, like, local network or something, like, you know, at least I could, like, access that from an app on my phone. So I'll take that. But the production
1: left a lot to be desired. Yes. Um, I'm hoping, you know, Jalen Lane's able to come back this week mm-hmm. coming up, but uh as far as the I've always I've been talking about the freshmen and how pivotal, you know, they've been to the team. Like we haven't I mean we're one and two, but they've they've stepped up and they've had to step up. And I thought Aiden Green was great on mm-hmm. Saturday. Aiden Green should get more get more touches. Uh, Xavier Turner-Bradshaw, uh, he did have a bad penalty, but he caught a ball for nine yards, like he was getting in the mix. Like I think it's it's cool to see the the young guys like perform because with Jennings and Lane out, and you got DaQuan Wright banged up, it's good to know that there are there's real depth there at the wide receiver position, and I feel like it's validating to me because I was like, "Yo, this 2023 class is going to be good, and everyone was like, what do you mean? Three-star you, it's not going to be good, and a lot of them are contributing right away in, in a big way. Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, even before the
0: season started, I thought that wide receiver was maybe the deepest room on the team. And I think we saw that yesterday. Like you said, Aiden Green had a good game, and they, they had been hyping him up a lot um, in some of the pressers and whatnot. Xavier and Turner Bradshaw, just the same. And that's one room it, it really does, you know, it, I hate to lose Jennings for however long that might be, and hopefully we can get Lane back next weekend at Huntington. But I do feel confident in the guys that have to step in because – uh, you know, they showed it yesterday, and we've heard about it throughout August and up till now, and I think they showed a little bit of that yesterday. Yeah, that's a fact. Well, I mean, if you drop us on Monday, it'll be two days ago, but
1: <laughs> – I'm just <yeah>. Uh <laughs> But, um, I, I mean, even like Tucker Holloway, who's not getting a lot of snaps, you know – on offense, his ability in the punt return game is is crazy. I feel like, like, coaches are going to stop punting to this man because every time he gets a chance, he turns it into something. Like, he had one shot on Saturday. He went 25 yards up the field. Like, man just gets busy. Yeah, I mean, he, had, he has the punt return yards record
0: for Virginia Tech, and a lot of people were – saying, like, well, Georgia Tech's terrible in punt coverage. Well, it's like Virginia Tech football is, like, what, like 130, 140 years old? Like, you think Georgia Tech last year is the only bad punt coverage team that we've played against? Like, that was impressive, and he continued that yesterday. He had that one big – I think it was 21 to 10 when he had that one punt return. And Tucker Holloway, he's, he's a weapon. I would almost put another guy back there not to, like – also catch the ball, but to, like, put an extra blocker back there to begin with because you get the ball in Tucker's hands and a point return in some space and he can make something
1: happen. No, that's a fact, and um, they were doing that with Jalen back there before he got banged up, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering if that will be the the norm when he returns. And... Right, well, and they
0: did that last year with uh, against Georgia Tech when he had that record. They had Blumrick back there yep. with him as, like, a like an initial blocker, um, and like I said, he set the record for most punt return yards in a game for Virginia Tech, so I would definitely like like to see someone back there with him going forward.
1: Yeah, for sure, and also um, while we're talking about receivers, dude, Stephen Gossnell is about as reliable as it gets, man. That dude catches everything that gets thrown to him. Yeah, that one, it was like a pass across the middle. He jumped
0: for it, got hit, held on. I think the Rutgers player actually got hurt on that play. That's how big of a collision it was, and he he held on. Um, and he's a good route runner, too. You know, you watch him, you know, if you watch him run his routes, like, they're crisp. He is quick. He gets to where he needs to be. I like Osnell. I think Osnell, you know, he's, he's not like a flashy player, but he gets the job done. And he's not going to make a mistake. So I, you know, going forward, would definitely like to see him involved more. You know, he can move the chains a little bit, and we need that right now.
1: Yeah, every every team needs a, a possession receiver. I remember. Um, I mean, shoot, Rod Smith is in the Broncos Ring of Fame, and he was a possession receiver, and he was about as good as he got. And he's undrafted. Um, but. As far as others, Daquan Felton, we finally saw what Quan Felton was supposed to what what we had been hearing about, you know, like yeah, he, it, he
0: delivered. He would have had two touchdowns if, if he hadn't gotten interfered with on that one deep ball. Um, yeah, that one drop was bad, but yeah, it yeah that that was unfortunate, but you know he made up for it with the uh, one touchdown, the thirty nine yard touchdown later in the game. So, and then he drew that PI because, like I said, that would have been a touchdown if he hadn't gotten uh, interfered with. So, going forward, you know, you have him, you have Gosnell, like you said, Aiden Green. Like, there's there there's some talent in that room
1: that we can lean on going forward. Absolutely. And Daquan Wright's been a little banged up, but I thought, you know, he's uh, – I think he's more durable this year. I really thought he bought into S and C this past off season because it looks like DaQuan Wright from last year ate DaQuan Wright. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he yeah, looks he's bigger.
0: Still, yeah, he still moves the same though.
1: So I mean, that's I mean, he's what
0: like a he's a sophomore, a true sophomore. Yep. Um, yeah, he's he's got a lot of potential. We have at least one more year with him after this year. We got the rest of this year and next year. So going forward like the like I said, there are some weapons
1: out wide in the passing game that I'm excited about. Yeah, plus you can still use Tootin in the pass game and I thought that um drones and daywan lofton have a pretty good connection as well. Mhm. Yep.
0: I mean I mean, Day Lofton, he was like what, wide receiver two last year and yeah, you know, he's not like wide receiver two this year, but he's still involved in you know, he, it seems like he's cleaned up the uh, drop issues that we saw last year, and I mean, he can he can be a force as well. So, I'm um, you know, that's the slot receiver. You know, we've been talking about, you know, Wright's a hybrid tight end wide receiver type guy, Gosnell outside, and Felton outside. Like but now we have like a slot guy with Lofton that I feel like we can rely on as well.
1: Yeah, and um. While we're talking about, you know, Felton, I feel like uh, Tyler Bowen really made a point to get him really involved this past week because I felt like, as far as the game plan goes, he was very targeted by drones as a receiver.
0: Yeah. You know, Felton, he had that one catch against Old Dominion that went for like 36 yards, maybe. Uh, I don't remember exactly. And we didn't really see him a whole lot. I don't know if he got a caster in the Purdue game, but the seeing him get involved yesterday was exciting. And you know he got loose on the one ball that he dropped, but like he's not going to like he's not going drop a ball like that again. So if he can keep getting loose, that's going to be big plays, and we need big plays. And he did have a big play on that touchdown pass. so, Going forward, that's another thing that I feel like we can build on. You know, the, a lot of what I saw from the offense uh, this past weekend, I was like, we can build on that. And I didn't really feel that way after the Old Dominion and uh, and the uh, Purdue games. But after the Rutgers game, I was like, there's some stuff that we can actually build on going forward that can be successful.
1: Yeah, that's a fact. We just need to get our offensive line play in the run game a lot better. Uh, you can't really have Bob Schick blocking Malachi Thomas when he's the slip-screen guy. Um, yeah, that was... Yeah, that was unfortunate. Yeah, but... Uh, Pass Pro were still pretty good. And Jordan's ability to move around is just... Uh, I don't know, man. I just like the way he sees the field. Like, he throws a really clean ball. A lot of... And that's nice touch on it. Yeah, he...
0: He was impressive. You know, I mean, coming into the season, he had only thrown 23 career passes in college, I believe. And I think he got one attempt against uh, Old Dominion. And then he had that last drive, obviously, against Purdue. But, I mean, in terms of, like, starting from start to finish, this was really his first time doing that. I thought he handled it well. I thought he made some good throws. And, you know, he's an inexperienced guy, so there were some throws that I'm sure he would like to have back. But... As far as, like, first game, starting from start to finish, I mean, that's
1: the most you can ask for, in my opinion. Yeah, and that interception, he shouldn't have thrown that ball, but that was just a freak play by the safety to to come up with that pick.
0: Yeah, Um, I mean, that should have really just been, like, an incompletion normally. Like, wasn't a a great throw, wasn't a great decision, but normally that's not an interception. That was a really good play by the record safety, like, credit to him, so – it happens.
1: Yeah, and defensively, our DBs, man, before Greg Shana realized he didn't have to throw the ball to beat us, I thought we played really good defense as far as, you know, pass, pass covers went. Uh, the run defense was solid in the beginning. Um, I thought they were crashing down pretty good. But then, obviously, I feel like they just, like I said earlier, I think they just got tired and this shit started opening it up and they were just running it down our throat.
0: Yeah, we weren't necessarily necessarily playing uh, a lot of complimentary football yesterday. Kind of put the defense in some bad, not not bad situations, but when the time of possession is the way it is, you know, they're going to get worn down. And I think we really saw that in the fourth quarter. And, you know, when we cut it to 21-16, it's like we need to stop, we need to stop. They break off that big run where – Everyone went the wrong way. Um, And then, you know, after that, it was just kind of like how how much longer can they actually hang on. And going forward, if we play better complementary football, I think we're not going to see, you know, them getting worn down like that. If the offense can sustain drives, hold the ball, keep the defense
1: off the field, I think that'll improve. No, that's a fact, man. Um, another thing is, I don't ever want to hear another damn train whistle in my life. <laughs> it was so bad, man. I just, I'd never want to hear another one. I, it was like I'd, I'd have to
0: like, I'd have the TV at like a certain volume, like to hear the commentators and stuff. But that train whistle would come on, and I'd have to like turn the TV down. It's like, oh, third down, time to turn
1: the TV down because here comes that train whistle. Yeah, why do they do the train whistle? Because the Scarlet Knights didn't ride trains, do they rode horses? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. When <laughs> I, I went to the I went to the pit game last year
0: at uh at For sure, and I I don't even know what noise they were playing on third down, but that got really annoying too. Um, I I just I just prefer the the keychains that Virginia Tech does, to be honest, because uh, it's not being
1: pumped through the uh, stadium PA, you know. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a fact. Um, would you say that that noise on third down is more annoying than hearing Pat Narduzzi talk, or is it kind of even?
0: Uh, it's see the thing is, is that that train whistle is always going to be annoying. Sometimes when Pat Narduzzi talks a lot, it's because he just lost, and that's always hilarious to watch him have a complete freak out in the media, um, and embarrass himself. So yeah, I would call the train whistle more annoying.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think... I don't know, man. The loss yesterday, I really did think it would have been taken more graciously by the internet, but it was like... It was like Grant Wells didn't play, so they didn't know who to blame it on, so it just went crazy. And then... I started taking heat, you know, because I don't don't really tweet knee-jerk like that. Um, I just don't. Like, I've always been – like, I get emotional. Like, I get mad. I don't like losing. and fucking hate it. But I've always made sure I took a step back and, like, collected my thoughts before I went crazy just because it just doesn't – it's so counterproductive, Um, especially, like – I don't know. I do the show every week and people hear me and they like know me and I don't, you know, I don't really want to put something out there. That I didn't mean, and then I got to answer for it when they see me in person and I, I'm, i I'm out there. So people know, like you see me, you know who I, I but like, Oh, that's the dude from Twitter. Duh, duh, duh. Whereas all these burner accounts that come at me talking reckless, they don't have a picture. So I can't, like, if you're going to talk to me and troll me and you have your picture on the internet, I will respect it and I will take it. And I might even fire back in the spirit of trolling and joking around and jousting. But if you to have, like, Brent Pryor, Mike Young, or, like, whoever, or Drunken Miller, whatever, is your as your profile picture and you coming at me crazy, I'm just going to block you because I, I can't ever see you in person and hold you accountable for what you said to me on the internet.
0: You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, th- this fan base is itching for some wins. Um only had three last year. We didn't win as much with uh, the previous staff as we would have liked. Haven't beaten a Power 5 team since week two last year. And people have thoughts, you know, they have – like you said, like not, not a lot of people will take a step back and think about what they're saying before they say it. But also, I mean, we're like, you know, a lot of us are <laughs> working adults, so you have to tweet something from behind a burner uh, if it's, like, laced with profanity or, like, hot takes or whatever. Um, that, that's just That's just the way it is. And the fan base is frustrated right now, and I get it but it is also a process and you know i don't think any of i don't think anyone expected us to win every game nobody expected us to win every game in year 2 the thing is though is that when those losses are happening you're still not going to like the way that it looks and you're still going to get emotional about it and that's just kind of the way it's going to be and the only solution to
1: it is to get some wins and that starts next saturday Oh, no, that's a fact. I'm not saying don't be mad. Don't be sad. Don't be pissed because of the way, you know, things go. Like, losing sucks. Nobody wants to lose. We've been doing it too long. It's not fun. Do we deserve better? Yes. Do I think that this whole thing is because John Boleyn's behind the scenes orchestrating this shit? No. I don't. Like, it's just, like, you can be mad and be, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to tell you people how to like process their emotions, but like I had people like fire off at me and then like I would fire back and then they'd be like, why are you so mad? And I'd be like, what do you, what do you mean? What you like, all I did was respond to you, but it's okay. I was just saying like, if, if you want to talk, we can talk. Just, like I need to know who you are so we can have right. a real you know what I'm saying. <laughs> But yeah, uh, it's not a valid opinion if you can't put a face to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not trying to, like, fan please or nothing, but there's the difference between being like, this was unacceptable because A, B, C, and D versus, oh, yeah, that fat fuck out there that did this shit. that You know what I'm saying? Like, that, like I'm not going to listen to that. Yeah, it, it's just, like, not, it,
0: it just doesn't, have any analysis to it whatsoever there's no critical thinking that goes into it it's just kind of like i'm angry and i'm gonna say exactly what i'm thinking right now and you know some people will think it's true but most people are probably stupid and i mean that's just kind of the way
1: it is the loudest people are the people that get heard you know what i mean so yeah i'm just saying like you can say something's bad something's unacceptable but it shouldn't be to the point where, like, for example, Grant Wells has to turn his Instagram comments off. Like, come on, man. Like, these kids are like, they're kids. Like, I, I mean, you don't want them. I'm not saying it's the same as like Jerkovich being like, oh, yeah, yeah, the, don't come to our stadium and boo me. Like, no, like, they can boo. That's fine. But when you're on the, like, saying, like, calling people like countless pussies and stuff like that, I just, I'm like, why? You know, we're, like yeah, we're, uh, old. we're too old to
0: do that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, growing up, I viewed, you know, college athletes as like adults, professionals, because, you know, they were older than me and they seemed like adults to me. But now that I'm, you know, in a part of my life where like I'm not in college anymore, like they are, they are kids. Like, I mean, I was like, when I was their age, I was a kid. So, yeah, some of the, some of the shit's just unacceptable. Um but it's not exclusive to our fan base it's it's every fan base and that's just the way it's going to be and you know it's you know it's unfortunate but like i said that's the way it's going to be
1: yeah i mean i'm going to get killed for that whole last segment i already know it that's fine i can take it i wouldn't do this if i couldn't take it i wouldn't say it on air on like on like recorded space if i couldn't handle it but the next one's going to get me in trouble, too, because, look, I love Don V. Don V is my brother. I love that dude. For a lot. I think he is great. He is an innovator in the space. He was one of the first to do this content creation stuff for Virginia 6 and he deserves that respect 1,000%. But there are other people on the internet that I don't really know that have seen. They've made like this whole counterculture thing their gimmick like like their whole personality and it they just do it i guess to do it and i'm just like like you're trying to like one he would never do it that way and two like you just it's not the it's cheap imitation you know what i'm saying
0: yeah i mean i guess the thing with virginia tech football is that we kind of you know got away from the 10 win seasons and like legitimate like, competitor in the ACC in 2012. And it's kind of when Twitter really started to blow up was around that time. So Virginia Tech fandom in the Twitter space, as we know it, has always been, you know, save 2016 and 2017. It's always just been mediocre and not what we're used to. And it's kind of just, like, the norm. But I remember 2016 when... You know, we went to the ACC championship and, you know, we're going on the road and beating the shit out of UNC and stuff. Like, people were happy and Twitter was a great place to be. So winning heals all. And, you know, we you know, we go out there and get a win next weekend. Twitter is going to, Virginia Tech Twitter is going to be a much more pleasant place. And that's just kind of the way it is. And That's every fan base. Like, no fan base is pleasant after a loss unless it's like a, you know, like a South Carolina looked all right against Georgia this weekend. Like I, I, it's probably like a pleasant Twitter space right now, but it's usually not pleasant after a loss. It's just kind of the way it
1: is. Yeah. What was it? Um, Some fan base was pissed last week cause they gave up 17 points. I think it was Georgia. That was kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. G- Georgia fans are not, Georgia's like what? Number one in the country. Like, yeah. you know and they're still pissed it was like dude like i i i'd love to be 3-0 right now like i'd, I'd love to be defending national champions 3-0 and like yeah yeah when that when that shit goes away like alabama like it kind of seems like that shit's going away for them. oh bad and, and, yeah and it's like yeah and alabama fans even like back when they were a dynasty
1: they were still complaining about something it's like dude count your blessings you know yeah, but Nick Saban puts on a masterclass on how to deal with the fans down there. It's, did you see that? Uh, not nothing he sidetracked, but did you see the clip on on his radio show where the dude called in and he just like the way he handled him was was incredible.
0: Yeah, yeah, I did see that. Nick Saban's always been. I mean, it goes back. Remember when they were trying to ask him like to decide between Hertz and uh, Tagovailoa? Uh, he he's always been just good with like media and people asking him questions and stuff like yeah Saban Saban does that really well and I mean Saban was at LSU back in the early 2000s he was with the Dolphins for a little bit he's seen it all like he's been in the SEC West he's been in the NFL so
1: yeah he knows how to deal with that shit that's a fact man um so now we go one and two into Huntington West Virginia Yeah, pronounce that
0: with. Yeah, pronounce that right. Like, if any of you like start
1: talking about, don't call it Huntington. It's Huntington. That that T is silent. Yeah, Huntington. Mm -hmm. If you're going to the game, make sure you go to Tudor's Biscuit World. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. I love. I can't. I'm really excited, honestly, to to have Tudors, man. (laughs) I really am. I'm so excited. (laughs) I can see tutors from my apartment right now. <laughs> well, you're an asshole. They're, they're
0: all over West Virginia.
1: Yeah, first one I ever had was in Huntington. The original, uh, the the first ever tutors
0: uh, was in Huntington. It's actually like right next to the stadium. So anyone listening to this podcast that's going to the game, like if you're on twentieth Street near the stadium, that's where
1: the original tutors is. Hell yeah! Um, is there still that alley beside the stadium where like there used to be like a, it was like a Wendy's, a Burger King, and a McDonald's? They were all like right there, and they were a yeah, of the, the
0: yeah, the Burger King's gone. They put like a like a little not strip mall, but there's like a Starbucks and a Smoothie King and a Papa John's there now. Um, but yeah, the McDonald's, the Wendy's, there's a Sheets there now. Like that's honestly, you can leave the game like it and get like a stamp, and if you want to go to like sheets and get some food real quick or go to Wendy's or whatever, uh, you can just come right back in because
1: um, it's all right there. Are they serving alcohol in the Joan yet? Yeah. Yeah, they've been serving alcohol in the Joan. Let's go. Dude, I haven't been back since '09, so it's going to be um interesting. It sucks that Marshall has to stripe their stadium for a noon game.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean – I thought, I mean, pretty much like any time early in the season when it's like hot outside, all of Marshall's home games are in the evening, but they got that ESPN2 slot and it's at noon, so that's going to be interesting, like you said, like, the stripe, the stadium during the day, but it's going to be green and white, and so those aren't, you know, that they're not very close to each other, so, I mean, you'll still be able to tell that it's striped, and it's going to be rocking, too, I mean, not that often Marshall gets a power five team to come to Huntington. So it's gonna be rocking.
1: Yeah, I remember my first Marshall game was against Kansas State at the Joan. Maud Bradshaw went to hurdle a pile and he lost and they were in a scoring position and he lost the ball. Mm-hmm. And was Snyder's first loss, and everyone went ape shit. They were like, We want Pruitt back. Da, 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 da. Yeah, Pruitt uh, went like what, six
0: and six the year before? Like people yeah. wanted him gone <laughs> when mm-hmm. that happens,
1: but fans are fickle. It happens. Yeah, buddy. And if you're looking for a little pronunciation guide on 64 West on your way to Huntington, West Virginia. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> it's it's Hurricane and it's Tays Valley. It's not Tees Valley and it's not Hurricane.
0: So, yeah. there you exit go. 34 is Hurricane and exit 38, I think is Taze Valley. You will know, we'll see that, like,
1: uh, probably twenty minutes before you get to Marshall. Yes, sir. Did I go with, Did I go where you thought I was going?
0: Yeah, I knew exactly. I was actually going to bring that up, but then I heard <laughs> you talking about i sixty four west, and I was and you started talking about pronunciation. I was like, I know right exactly where he's going with this.
1: Yeah, man. Hurricane Nitro and Taze Valley are all right there. Yep. Hurricane. Shout out Jamie Bailey, Virginia Tech Legend. Softball. Yep. Hurricane High School. Yeah. And she's also a bartender of the Sharkies now. So if you're in town in Blacksburg, go check her out. Give her some money. She's working hard. She's coaching softball as a GA. And she's um she's she's working, she's bartending the Sharkies, trying to make that money. Salute That's to Jamie good. Bailey. Uh, But we got business to handle, Noah. I know serve. I went to Marshall for a brief amount of time and I got a lot of love for the thundering herd. And I do yell, we are all the time, but I'm a hokie First and foremost, I'm coming to Huntington. I'm wearing maroon and I want to see us beat the hell out of Marshall university. Yeah. It's,
0: uh, yeah, it's, it's conflicting for me because I was at Marshall for, uh, six years, four years undergrad, two years grad school, Um, but grew up a VT fan. So, yeah, it's 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 conflicting for me. Uh, but, I mean, to watch, like, Virginia Tech go to the Joan is kind of surreal for me as well. Like, even watching them in, uh, in Blacksburg in 2018, that was surreal. But, like, Marshall doesn't get a lot of Power 5 opponents to come to the Joan, obviously. Um, lo and behold, my favorite team is going
1: to the Jones. So, yeah, I'm excited. Do you think this has anything to do with that favor they did us back when we were trying to become bowl eligible when they came and played us?
0: Uh, Yeah, that that was, like, part of the agreement. Marshall was like, yeah, like, we'll play this game. if Because Marshall was already bowl eligible and, like, it wasn't going to affect their bowl standing. They were like – yeah, like you know, we'll go to Blacksburg and you know give you guys a chance to get bowl eligible, but we want a home and home out of it. So Marshall returns the like
1: re- goes to Blacksburg next year. So yeah, this stems from that. Another Marshall note: I am disappointed that it is no disrespect that my Marshall experience was Bernie Morris and you. I believe you got Raheem Cato, didn't you? Nah, I was I was
0: after Cato. I got I got Chase Litton, Isaiah Green, ah. and uh, I have had Grant Wells for 4 years now. Uh, like oh, yeah. across You're two good. different teams. Yeah. <laughs> R- Cato ball was awesome dude. Rakeem Cato was awesome. Yeah, Cato, Tommy Schuler, They uh, went to Blacksburg in 2013. I think that game went to like three or four overtimes. It was pissing in the rain, but it was a great game. It was 29-21 Tech pulled that one out. Wasn't it pissing rain in 2018 when we played them too? Uh, no, it was just really cold. It was that first, like right. I think. Yeah, it was, I was like Nova. all all the grass was dead at uh, Lane Stadium, and it, it was like you couldn't even see the sun. It was like an overcast, and it was it, yeah, it was honestly pretty shitty, like pretty shitty weather. But it was a lot of fun. It wasn't, raining. Yeah, I, really. it wasn't raining or snowing, so
1: I mean, we just had to layer up. Yeah, I was in Ashburn, and I was like, you know what? I'm not coming down there and giving Justin Fuente any of my damn support at this point. Um,
0: <laughs> I, I know
1: I watched. I support the kids, but I was like, bro, I'm not making that five-hour trip in this weather for that man. But Yeah, see, I, I made the –
0: it's like three and a half hours from Huntington, but it was like, like everyone – the second that VT beat – UVA we were all like texting like we got to go to Blacksburg one of of my buddies he ran cross country at Marshall and then he did grad school at VT and ran a year there as well so we all crashed at his place and we were all so excited it was a great time
1: yeah I guess the big storyline for this one you know it shouldn't be but it's going to be you know I feel bad if Kyron you know starts and Everyone's just like, "Oh, Grant's back in Huntington. Grant's back at Marshall." Uh, I wish it was a better scenario. I wish we were, you know, I wish we were coming in riding high, um, and you know, Grant was gonna help, you know, his new team beat his old team. But I think it's gonna be the the drones the drone show, man. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's that's what I'm expecting. I'm not sure what Grant's status is, but. Just, it's got, to, in my opinion, it's got to be Kyron Jones, and I think <laughs> that he can, I think he, he can make some shit shake in, in in the June. Yeah, I mean,
0: regardless of Grant's status, I mean, that was the best the running games looked in the three games this year. But Really, like, probably the second best the running games. I, I, the running game was all right against Pitt last year. But, I mean, the running game looked like like functional last weekend which is a step up from what we saw week one and two against ODU and Purdue and drones was really the biggest factor in that in my opinion so I mean regardless of Grant's status I think you have to roll the drone just based off of
1: this offensive skill set right now have you been able to watch Marshall this year what's their defensive line situation looking like uh, their defense is stout, same way it was last year. Um, they have
0: a defensive end. He's been injured a little bit throughout his career, Sam Burton, but he uh he might he might give our tackles some trouble. He's solid. Linebacker Eli Neal, he's he's really good too. Um, and then they have a DB Micah Abraham, who he's a ball hawk. He uh if you if you make one throw near him, like you know you might pick it off like that that is a stout defense that uh that VT's going to get up against next saturday where did baby Gilly go he he's in the nfl right now i i forget what he, he made a 53 man roster for someone i forget who to be honest but i mean it, he's he's a really good athlete um i always and i mean he's got it like I mean, he's got it like in his bloodline and stuff, his older brother, Stefan Gilmore. um, So he had that pick six that sealed the game against Notre Dame last year. Um, But, yeah, he's not with Marshall anymore,
1: which is a good thing for Virginia Tech. (laughs) No, that's a fact. I'm trying to think, man. There's a lot of emotional ties to this game like Virginia Tech and Marshall run deep. Mm-hmm. Back to like Frank Loria. Um Yeah, Rick Tolly. Yeah. Okay. But like after the plane crash, Prize Dad was a member of the first team, the Young Thunder yep. he Heard. Um Yeah, he
0: told me that I ran that uh 3.2
1: miles race
0: on uh 416 last year at like the 2022 spring game. And ran into pride at the finish line. And my dad had already talked to him because he was waiting for me at the finish line. And uh, we started talking about Marshall. And, yeah, he told me that his dad was on the Young Thundering Herd. And I looked it up, and sure enough, yeah, he was a quarterback.
1: Yeah, for old Jacqueline Gale. Yep. J.C. Price, coach at Marshall. Um, several yep. people in our uh, recruiting department pers- – player personnel department, you know, they yep. – attended they also marshal people. Um there's a lot of ties, man. It's uh we've, we, we we're forever connected. You know? Yeah. So,
0: yeah, it's that's a good school to have a good relationship with in West Virginia, not WVU. Yeah,
1: fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I whew. look basically what it boils down to is the difference in a win or a loss in Huntington, West Virginia, is did you stop Rasheen Ali? Yeah, and uh, Bancher can run the ball, to the
0: quarterback. Um, yeah, but I can which, deal with that. Unfortunately, that, like, aligns with what our weakness has been um, on defense this season, Bancher and, I mean, Ali's – he had, like, 20-some touchdowns in 2021, was hurt last year, played, like, four games. But, yeah, I mean, Rasheen, he's a he's a power five football player, no doubt about it. And, yeah, he's he has an NFL future in front of him. And, yeah, Rasheen and I actually go back to when he was a true freshman.
1: So, yeah, I, I want to see him do well. <laughs> yeah, you actually uh, were one of the main reasons that I ended up doing an episode with him last year
0: yeah yeah I, I, I reached out to him on instagram actually
1: yeah i like that kid a lot and i wish him nothing but the best i hope he has the brightest future i'm his biggest fan on any given saturday except for this one <laughs> uh, yeah i feel that yeah, <laughs> man like he's one of those marshall players that marshall was lucky to have because yeah i situation. mean i think he was like like if
0: Rasheed ends up listening to this like I'm getting mad if I'm wrong but I think he was unrated on 247 but Huff comes to uh Marshall in 2021 and you know he's coached Squam Barkley he's coached like those Alabama running backs and he identified him as soon as he got there and then the next season as a like I think he was like a well given the COVID year and stuff he was a uh, Freshman slash sophomore, uh, he instantly goes out there and goes for like 23 touchdowns, like rushing. He's he's a special talent. Huff identified that immediately when everyone who went through his recruiting cycle couldn't. So he's he's a special talent.
1: Yes, that's 1000% fact. Our moods and our, our chances of winning, like I said, rest a lot on the ability to stop him Um, because I don't uh, – fancier's ability to throw the ball doesn't really scare me. I feel like our um, DBs do well. No, for you. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean it in a, like, a shitty way, but, like – I got full faith in Delane and Canteen and Dorian Strong to be able to shut that shit down. It's really, you got, have to stop the run. Like, it's a must. It's a necessity.
0: Yeah, he, um, Fancher, he, he's accurate on, like, the short intermediate throws. I don't view him as much of a threat with the deep ball. But also, I mean, our DBs could be playing against a pretty good quarterback and I'm still fairly confident that they're not going to get torched. You know, that this, it's a good defensive backfield. I mean, there's some youth at safety right now because of injuries, but in terms of like the one-on-one matchups, you know, canteen at nickel and then Delane and strong on the outside, like I'm, I'm confident that they're, they match up well against most quarterbacks that we're going to face.
1: Yeah, that's a fact. And uh, Caleb Woodson, he's played well at the star position when he's come in. Uh, I would like to see the youth movement continue. Uh, maybe see uh, Antonio Cotman get in the game, see what he's about. All I've heard is that he's a he's a dog in practice. Do be balling out in practice. I'd like to see you know he's got four games. I'd like to see him get get in the mix a little bit. Uh, yeah, they they may be like given the injuries at safety,
0: like. You know, he could be useful at safety right now, but going from star to safety, I, I don't know about, like, the intricacies of the defense and whatnot, but I do feel like Cotman could be useful at safety right now, just given the injuries and
1: whatnot. Yeah, I'm down to try it. Uh, I do think that um, Kyron Jones will be methodical enough with the football that we can keep our offense on the field, hopefully sustain and drive, so therefore – obviously it keeps our defense rested and it keeps Marshall's biggest threats and our biggest detriment off the field you know mm-hmm. yeah i
0: mean complimentary football that's that's what i want on saturday we don't have to go up out there and put up 40 some points we probably i don't even need to put up 30 some points like just complimentary football you know don't turn the ball over use the clock and you know when defense is on the field, make sure that they're they're rested and they are, you know, in the best position to succeed from an energy standpoint. I think that Kyron Jones can execute that. I think we saw him execute that to an extent. I mean, we when we were down twenty one to three, we had to hurry up a little bit. But if we're not in a situation where we're down by three possessions going into the second half, I think Jones can go out there and execute an offense that is
1: good for the defense, you know what I mean? Yeah, 1,000%. I have full confidence in him. And I think – I thought Bowen's game plan was really good against um Rutgers. I didn't really mm-hmm. see too much – too many issues with the execution – or, or at least not execution. That's the wrong word. The play calling, like I thought, the thought process was was um educated. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I mean they um you know we're down. I think I think this is when it was uh twenty one. Uh, we were losing and we have a second and short like in plus territory. It was on Quan Felton's touchdown. Second and short. I was like take a shot here because if it's an incomplete pass you just pick up those yards we were running the ball well it's like you get those yards on third and short and that's exactly what we do we take a shot and we get a touchdown like I actually some of the play design and stuff like like it it flowed nicely in the second half I guess is what I thought about the play calling and it really does come down to execution a lot and I thought the offensive line executed a lot better this weekend. I mean, I watched uh, – there was like a tunnel screen where Xavier Chaplin killed a guy, and there was one particular toot and run. He got like six or seven yards where Caden Moore is like like pushing someone through the ground, and I was like, that's, that's what I want to see right there. If the offensive line goes out there and they do that and they're putting people into the ground, this offense can succeed, and we saw them succeed in the second half until they had to get really predictable, you know what I mean? So – it's, yeah, it's definitely like something, like I said earlier, it's like there. there's actually something I feel like we can build on for the first time this season coming off
1: of a game. That's a fact. And for all the Hokies making the trip to Huntington, and I think there will be a good amount of mm-hmm. Hokie fans. Uh, Noah, where, where should these people go out? in town like i'm whether you're coming in friday night or you're staying saturday night it's a noon game there's gonna be plenty of time to go out afterwards or the night before so what 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 spot should the people hit all right so if you it, this is more of like a college
0: bar so if you're if you're older you don't want to be around the college crowd too long like stopping for a drink the union um, there are a bunch of relics in there. There's a there's a football signed by Frank Beamer in there, but there are a bunch of Marshall relics in there. Union Solid. Uh, you go further down Fourth Ave. Fourth Ave is where you want to be. You go further down Fourth Ave. There's Hanks. You know, Sports Bar. TVs everywhere. Love Hanks. That's my favorite bar in Huntington. I was there last night. And then Jockey Club, uh, near Hanks, just reopened. That's that's a really good spot. Uh, St. Mark's right next door to Jockey Club. That's a good spot if you're looking for food. Go down to Pullman. Just type Pullman Square on your maps. It'll take you there. There are a bunch of restaurants in that area. Um, it's it's impossible to have a bad meal in Huntington. Um, and it's yeah, it's the best food in West Virginia, easily. So, and that's not even an opinion. That's a fact. So. Definitely, uh, if you're in Huntington, go downtown and try try some local
1: food. Hall of Fame Grill or whatever, still there?
0: Yeah, Hall of Fame's right there at Pullman.
1: I remember when it opened, but Pullman Square sucked when it uh, like when I was there. But if you say it's, it, I mean, I'm mean, i sure it's changed a lot. It's been a long time.
0: It's legit now.
1: I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to fly through. I'll never forget. <laughs> I was leaving Pullman one night. And this woman had gotten pulled over by the cops because she was drunk driving and she had ran over a fire hose that was attached and, and working. And the cop was like getting her to do the um, sobriety test, like you know, stand on one leg. And she was like, I she started crying. She's like, I can't, my ankle, my ankles like hurt. I can't do it. And the cop was like, looked at her and was like, use your other leg. And <laughs> she was screwed. <laughs> when well, the cops chased us out of there. But, uh yeah man a lot of fun memories in Huntington I'm looking forward to I know a lot's changed but I'm looking forward to reliving some reliving some things um going out with you hopefully you don't get me thrown out of anywhere um <laughs> yeah so all the
0: all those. I'm, I'm not really banned from anywhere anymore there's like a statue That's of limitations good. so I'm, I'm
1: good <laughs> okay I think I do want to pop in 20th street um just be just for nostalgic purposes I remember you know, Monday nights, they did penny pitchers way back in the day and we used to get wrecked. But uh, yeah, that's a good little spot right there by the stadium. I, I don't know if it's going to be open at like 9 a.m. when we're all tailgating, but like
0: that's a, definitely like somewhere that you can hit up on like Friday or Saturday night, like or even like right after the game, go in, have a beer. They have food there too. The uh, 20th Street, honestly, forget what it's called. It's just 20th Street. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, man. Um, Huntington's a cool city. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sure you hear a lot of shit about it. As long as you mind your business, you should be all right. Uh, Yeah, just don't be on some crazy shit and you'll be fine. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, It's a cool town, a lot of history. The people in the town are amazing. For the love of God, don't make any jokes of ill taste. You know what I'm talking about. I don't got to say it. Um, oh, yeah. we res- take that we
0: take that personal. We take
1: that personal. Yeah. Be respectful. Have a good time. It's a friendly game, even though we need to win. Uh, fans are great in Huntington. City. Way better than the ones in Morgantown. Yeah, fuck them. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Stumblers. Doesn't exist anymore, but you told me what it was, and I'm going there.
0: I'm yeah, getting a drink Barna there
1: now. Yeah, it's a it's a solid place. I know the guy who owns it too. He's a good guy, Jason. So if these people are going to tailgate, where are the best tailgating spots around the Joan? Let the people know. Uh, Honestly, just go to the
0: Joan. Everybody's going to be like on 5th Ave around like, or 20th Street around the Joan. They actually like block off uh, 20th Street in between 3rd Ave and 5th Ave. And they'll have like music playing and stuff. And it's, it's a good little, good little scene. People are tailgating like near like all the fast food restaurants in the area and stuff. It's, and yeah, everyone's nice. Everyone will welcome you with open arms. It's it's really like if you're on the fence about going, um, it it'll be a good time. Like Marshall fans are amazing, so unless unless they're dealing with West Virginia fans, but that's just the way it goes.
1: Yeah. So the tailgating scene sounds about the same. Just everybody yeah, I mean, around the stadium.
0: Yeah. Yep. Everyone. It's like it's it's all right around the stadium it's not a far walk at all you can see the stadium from wherever
1: you're tailgating so it's it, it's a really good time are there still a bunch of grass lots and stuff around 20th street and stuff where people can pay to park and tailgate like they used to all along the street
0: yeah i mean it's, not like, it's like gravel now but i mean that's it's still like everyone's parking around there and people set up tents wherever that they can find a spot to do it and nobody really cares. Not even like the businesses and stuff because they know that people are going to come in there and eat food if they need to. So it's a good,
1: it's a good situation. It's a great tailgate setting. Man, that's awesome. I'm so excited bro. I, I really am. I'm just looking Yeah, it. It's going to be I, the longest week ever, man. Yeah. I haven't been back. Like it's a six hour drive, but I'm ready. Yeah, it's a forty-five minute drive for me now, so I'm not well, even sweating it. Back in the day, I used to just take eighty-one south to sixty-four west, but mm-hmm. now it's got me going all like up to the top half of West Virginia and down, like sixty-six to seventy-nine, something crazy. I can't remember yeah. exactly. I gotta look it up, but it's not, it's not the same path I'm used to, so.
0: Also, when y'all get to Charleston,
1: be careful, um, because there's like oh, a shit. Ton-
0: there is a shit ton of road work, like right after Charleston, and then when you get to Barbersville, shortly before Huntington, there are lane splits. There are people not knowing how to deal with road work. Like, be careful if you're listening to us. You're going to the game. Be careful when you get to uh, Charleston, like on 64,
1: because it's it's uh, it's interesting. And Southern Exposure is always an option in Barbersville, right? (laughs) Yeah,
0: I I never really went to Barbersville a whole lot, but yeah, it's
1: there. Shout out Cabell Midland, man.
0: Yeah, Cabell
1: Cabell Midland. Oh, man. Yes, sir. Well, uh, that's really all I got, man. I I just go into Huntington, handle business, get to two and two. Come Let's home. go one and zero this week. Let's go one and zero yeah. this week. Go one and zero. Get this dub. Have a great time. Don't be a dick in Huntington, and you will have a wonderful experience. And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the people that show up. Hopefully, we can all get together. You know, have mm-hmm. have some drinks, do some good, have a great time. Um, oh
0: yeah, I mean, my my friends and I are gonna we're gonna be out there so. Yeah, message me. Uh, Dan's gonna tag my Twitter and the uh and the uh link, I assume. You're gonna have to give me a follower cross because I'm private for job reasons. But uh yeah, send me a DM and we'll we have a tailgate and we're gonna have a good time. And yeah, here anyone listening that's going to the game, you're more than welcome to hang out with us.
1: Hell yeah, man. And most importantly, go hokies. Go hokies.